Greetings, this is podcast number 105 of Blast the Right. I'm Jack Clark from TheRationalRadical.com, www.TheRationalRadical.com. In today's podcast, you'll see beyond a shadow of a doubt that we progressives are not the fringe the right wing is. You'll hear how our progressive views are indisputably shared by the majority of Americans. This will be, in sum, a cheer yourself up podcast. Smile, Mr. or Ms. Progressive. You're not on candid camera, but you still have reason to smile. Let's get right into it. My sources are MediaMatters.org, MSNBC.com, Zogby.com, CommonDreams.org, and The New York Times. Perhaps the most daunting right-wing myth of all is that we progressives are a fringe group out of touch with mainstream America. How many times have you been engaged in an exchange of views with your friendly local right-winger and been told, oh, your ideas are very nice in theory, but common sense Americans know they'd never work in the real world and don't support them. America's a conservative nation. Even when Americans vote Democratic, as in 2006, the right wing doesn't deviate an inch from their conservative America mantra. Fox News anchor Brit Hume said on election night 2006 that even though Democrats were winning, quote, from what we could see from all the polling and everything else, it remains a conservative country, close quote. There was, of course, no one there to press him on which polls he was referring to and what everything else was composed of. The day after the election, CNN headline news, which in its infinite wisdom has given a platform to Glenn Beck, allowed Beck to mislead the CNN audience by telling them that, despite the Democrats taking back control of Congress, quote, the majority of Americans seem in favor of classically Republican points of view, close quote. Even mainstream newscasters repeat this myth, for example, Mark Halperin of ABC News shortly before the midterm elections. Quote, Republicans tend to be conservative. That's been a strength in a conservative country. Close quote. If a person listened to this stuff often enough, they could begin to believe it. And justifiably get depressed that this is our country, a conservative, pro-right-wing America. Well, cheer up. What you have to do is invoke the golden rule of thumb of blast the right. Whatever a right-winger says, the exact opposite is true. And never more so than here. America is not a conservative country. Americans hold progressive views on virtually every issue you can imagine. This has been confirmed in poll after poll after poll, in some cases for decades. In others, the trend line heading progressive and now having reached that promised land in most instances. I've touched on this progressive views are Main Street views theme in several prior podcasts, and actually a year or so ago did an entire show on this subject. Well, there's some new and even more encouraging data, and the subject is just so important to the mental well-being of we progressives that I'm going to again devote an entire podcast to addressing this issue in detail. In fact, it'll be a two-podcast deal. 
Part one will be today, and part two may be next podcast or soon after that. The way I look at it, if a person fears that they're a small minority, that can lead to tentativeness and meekness. If you know you're part of, that you're speaking for a strong majority, that'll engender firmness and aggressiveness. And firmness and aggressiveness is what is needed to counter the lies, firm and aggressive lies, but lies nonetheless, of the right. So let's go through a bunch of issues, and as we do so, you can sit back and bask in the glory of being in sync with the majority, often a supermajority of American public opinion. And then you can later use this knowledge to kick some right-wing butt. Please be assured that all the polls I cite are solid mainstream polls, such as Gallup, Pew Research Center, the Associated Press, Ipsos, the New York Times, CBS, the American National Election Studies from the University of Michigan and Stanford, CNN, the Washington Post, and Zogby. Let's start off with possibly the most broad-scale issue of all in the right's arsenal of propaganda. What should be the overall role of government? The right's two-word talking point is small government. Is the right supported by the public here? Do Americans want to downsize their government? No. In 2004, 58% of Americans told a National Election Studies poll that government should be doing more, not less. Since 1982, NES has also been asking the following question, quote, Some people think the government should provide fewer services, even in areas such as health and education, in order to reduce spending. Other people feel that it's important for the government to provide many more services, even if it means an increase in spending. Where would you place yourself on this scale, or haven't you thought much about this? Close quote. Surely, 70 or 80 percent of the public comes down on the side of cutting government spending, correct? Ask your friendly local right-winger, what percentage of the public would favor shrinking government spending by reducing services? I bet he or she says 70 or 80 percent. In reality, reality being a land of nightmares for the right, in reality, the American public by more than two to one comes down on the side of the government providing more services by increasing spending, not cutting services and decreasing spending. Providing more services by increasing spending won by 43 to 20 percent. There were apparently plenty of non-respondents to this question, but those who answered provided the biggest victory margin of do more over do less since the question started being asked during the Reagan era. One of Ronald Reagan's most famous, or in my eyes infamous, lines was when he said, I've always felt the nine most terrifying words in the English language are, I'm from the government and I'm here to help. Well, Apparently, the American public soundly rejects that view. A related question pertaining to the overall role of government was Pew Research asking earlier this year whether people agreed or disagreed with the statement that, quote, government should care for those who can't care for themselves, close quote. Now, you know I always play Rush Limbaugh proclaiming, Roosevelt is dead! His policies may live on, but we're in the process of doing something about that as well. Roosevelt's policies that Rush wants to inter are, among other things, the entire social safety net, 
the government infrastructure of Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid, etc., that cares for those who can't care for themselves. Limbaugh has something like 15 or 20 million listeners every week. He's the most listened to political talk show host in the country, so the country must agree with Rush, and therefore a majority would reject the Pew Poll suggestion that government should care for those who can't care for themselves, right? Sorry, Rush. Sorry, Mr. or Ms. Right-Winger. Take heart, progressive listener. Let a smile appear on your face. 69% of the public agrees that the government should care for those who can't care for themselves. The public, by more than 2 to 1, nearly 7 in 10 Americans, wants the government to maintain a safety net, wants the government to take care of those who can't care for themselves. A right-winger might counter, oh, maybe they believe that on one level, but they wouldn't want to pay for it. If you hear that line, you can cite them the stat that in the same Pew survey, 54% of Americans said that even if it meant increasing the debt, they still wanted the government to fulfill that safety net role. And, as you'll hear as we go through this podcast, this pro-helping sentiment is voiced by Americans on specific issues, sometimes even if it means increasing their taxes. So, on government's overall role, the American public is clearly on the progressive page. Moving from government's overall role to specific issues, you probably know that currently two of the hottest issues are immigration and health care. Let's take a look at whether it's right-wingers or we progressives who have the majority backing us up. As with most issues, the right-wing on immigration has a one or two word catchphrase, no amnesty. All I ever hear right-wingers say is that the American people are opposed to amnesty. They don't want to reward the lawbreakers. They want all the undocumented immigrants sent back home. Well, mass deportation may be the far-right position of those like Ann Coulter, but it's not what the American public thinks. Respondents in a New York Times CBS poll about a year ago were asked, quote, If you had to choose, what do you think should happen to most illegal immigrants who have lived and worked in the United States for at least two years? They should be given a chance to keep their jobs and eventually apply for legal status, or they should be deported back to their native country, close quote. Only 35% supported deportation. Note to right-wingers, that's not a majority. Fully 61% of Americans supported the path to legal status. How about a more recent poll from CNN Opinion Research just this past May? They asked if people favor or oppose, quote, creating a program that would allow illegal immigrants already living in the United States for a number of years to stay in this country and apply for U.S. citizenship if they had a job and paid back taxes, close quote. A whopping 80% of Americans supported that policy, only 19% opposed. If the right wants to call the path to citizenship option amnesty, well then, the American public resoundingly rejects the right's no amnesty slogan. It's we progressives who speak for the vast majority of Americans on the immigration issue. Note that the New York Times CBS poll specified a two-year residency requirement for the path to citizenship. The more recent CNN poll, a number of years. That may be the reason for the higher support in the CNN poll. People are more inclined to support a path to citizenship for those who have been here a substantial amount of time. I imagine if we said 5 years, or 10 years, or 20 years, 
the percentage supporting the path to citizenship would go up even more. I believe that this is because Americans recognize the blatant unfairness of, in effect, inviting people into our country to work, with a wink and a nod to the literal laws on the books, and then many years later, after these people have established lives here, to suddenly say, Oh, sorry, we're now going to enforce the law. Never mind about our past behavior. Never mind about how you've relied on our behavior. Now we're going to rip apart your life and deport you. If you're interested in hearing more about my equitable estoppel line of reasoning on the immigration issue, check out Podcast 100. Okay, the American public rejects the right and sides with us progressives on immigration. What about that other hottest issue of the day, health care reform? Does the right wing score a hit with the American public here? Nah, they strike out miserably on health care reform as well. When a New York Times CBS poll asked, quote, Do you think the federal government should guarantee health insurance for all Americans, or isn't this the responsibility of the federal government? Close quote. Almost two-thirds of all Americans, 64%, said yes, the federal government should guarantee health insurance for all Americans. This is the pro-universal health care position, a fundamental progressive policy priority. The right vehemently opposes universal coverage, incessantly screaming about socialized medicine. Despite this relentless barrage of right-wing propaganda over the past decade, this pro-guarantee, pro-universal health care majority has actually grown from 56% in 1996 to today's 64%. Remember, Every other Western industrialized nation in the world has some sort of universal health care system. Only the United States doesn't. Now, a right-winger may come back with their usual response, Oh, the public agrees in theory, but they won't want to pay for it. Well, first of all, and check out last week's podcast for the details on this, we spend twice as much per capita on health care as the other Western industrialized nations. So if we adopted one of their systems, which get far more bang for the buck, we could have gold-plated care for everyone without spending an extra dime. But even were that not so, even if we did have to increase spending to achieve universal coverage, the right is, surprise, surprise, wrong again about the public's willingness to put its money where its collective mouth is. Here's the question. Would you be willing or not willing to pay higher taxes so that all Americans have health insurance that they can't lose no matter what? Close quote. Result? Willing to pay higher taxes 60%. And this is without any public relations campaign at all to convince the U.S. public that universal coverage is a good idea. But quite the contrary. Decades of right-wing propaganda railing against universal health care coverage. No wonder that by 62 to 19 percent, 62 to 19 percent, Americans trust Democrats, not Republicans, to improve the health care system. Okay, when we return from the break, we'll discuss how even on taxes and moral values, the country rejects the right and embraces us progressives.
your one-minute voting report. Thanks to each of you who posted a five-star review of Blast the Right in the iTunes Music Store. Please keep them coming. It's really helping get new listeners and countering the right-wing sabotage one-star reviews. On PodcastAlley.com, we're currently number seven. Our votes are actually running way behind last month, so please vote if you haven't already done so. There's a one-click link to do so on my podcast homepage. If you've already voted, thanks. Beyond immigration and health care reform, probably the most important right-wing issue, certainly in their own eyes, is taxes. The right's two-word platform here, lower taxes, cut taxes. Don't you know, taxes are evil. Yet once again, it's we progressives who reflect majority American opinion. An Ipsos poll found that 6 in 10 Americans feel the wealthy pay too little in taxes. That result was confirmed by Gallup. 66% of Americans told Gallup upper-income people pay too little in taxes. In other words, two-thirds of the public opposes the right-wing bromide of tax cuts for the wealthy. Two out of three Americans also told Gallup that the distribution of money and wealth in this country today is not fair and that they believe that, quote, money and wealth in this country should be more evenly distributed among a larger percentage of the people, close quote. So Gallup asked the next logical question, quote, People feel differently about how far a government should go. Here's a phrase which some people believe in and some don't. Do you think our government should or should not redistribute wealth by heavy taxes on the rich? Close quote. Americans support this by 49 to 47 percent to redistribute wealth by heavy taxes on the rich. When this question was first asked in 1939, it lost by almost 20 points. The trend over the past nearly 70 years is in the progressive direction, and we progressives now enjoy a slight plurality. This is despite some 27 years, starting from Reagan's ascendancy in 1980, of relentless right-wing propaganda about the dire necessity to lower taxes, especially on the wealthy despite the millions of ditto-heads listening to Rush and Hannity's nearly as large audience of lemmings. In fact, a listener, Peter, wrote in a while ago to point out that the word redistribute probably skews the results of the poll against the progressive position. Peter wrote, quote, I just had a thought regarding the poll asking about heavy taxes on the rich to redistribute wealth. I think the word that turns people off is redistribution. That makes it sound like welfare. The government will tax the rich and send us average guys a check in the mail. If the poll question was worded, do you favor taxing the wealthy more heavily to support and improve our defense, education, infrastructure, law enforcement, legal and banking systems, etc., I think the yes vote would be much higher. Close quote. Good point, Peter. I do get emails from right-wingers complaining that they don't want their wealth redistributed to the less worthy, and they seem to think it means the the send-the-guy-a-welfare check that Peter refers to. In any event, all of what you just heard about taxes means the following makes perfect sense. The American public trusts Democrats over Republicans to make sure the tax system is fair by 55 to 27 percent, over 2 to 1. 
I guess the public doesn't buy Bill O'Reilly's assertion that when you hear far left Americans use the terms economic justice or income inequality, you should know these are code words for socialism. And continuing on, the American public, for that matter, supports the progressive position and trusts Democrats over Republicans on virtually every other issue. Let me run down a few real quickly. Minimum wage. 83% of Americans supported the recent minimum wage increase of $2 an hour. Right-wingers opposed the increase. In fact, many of them oppose a minimum wage at all. Indeed, right-wingers are so out of touch on this issue, more than 9 in 10 Americans disagree with the right stance against a living wage. A poll in the year 2000 asked, quote, Do you agree or disagree that as a country, we should make sure people who work full-time are able to earn enough to keep their families out of poverty? Close quote. Ninety-four percent of Americans said yes. As the pollsters dryly put it, quote, Support for this goal exists across all demographic groups. Close quote. I'll say, when did you ever hear of 94% of Americans agreeing on anything? If you asked if the earth was round, you probably wouldn't even get 94% agreement. So here you see a fundamental moral divide, a veritable chasm between right-wingers and 94% of Americans. Moving on. Americans trust Democrats more than Republicans to improve the education system. Americans trust Democrats more than Republicans to protect civil liberties. And finally, what about the mother of two-word right-wing propaganda slogans, moral values? Hate to tell you right-wingers, but Americans were asked, quote, Do you think the Republican Party or the Democratic Party comes closer to sharing your moral values? Close quote. And guess what? Right-wingers, please sit down, and if you have any heart medication, get it ready. 50% of Americans said that Democrats come closer to sharing their moral values. Only 37% chose Republicans. That's because most Americans know moral values includes how our nation treats the least of these and other social justice issues. And even on so-called moral values issues, as the right would define that term, by 61 to 31 percent, Americans support embryonic stem cell research, according to a Washington Post poll. Americans oppose making it more difficult for a woman to get an abortion, by 56 to 35 percent, according to Pew Research. Other polls are less favorable, but in no poll I've seen does the public favor repealing Roe v. Wade, as is the ultimate right-wing goal. And on gay rights, if we progressives don't have the majority yet on each subject, we're well on the way the trend line is with us. For example, during the past 30 years, the proposition that gays should have equal rights in terms of job opportunities went from a majority of 55 to 33 percent to the present-day supermajority of 89 percent to only 9 percent. Support for gays in the military has also increased over time to now having the approval of 60 percent of the American public on the right of gays to adopt at 46%, and on gay marriage at 37%, we progressives are still in the minority. But the trend line is in our direction, and pretty soon these won't be issues at all either. And as far as being relevant to defining whether our nation is conservative or progressive, polls by AP Ipsos, CNN, Gallup, and CBS News all found that gay marriage and gay adoption are far, far down on the list of issues people feel are most important.
I once heard Bill O'Reilly say that his side was winning the culture wars because, among other things, stores had started saying Merry Christmas instead of Happy Holidays. Sorry, Bill, you're not winning the culture wars. You're on the wrong side of history, as are right-wingers on virtually every issue. So to sum up where we've been today, on the desirability of the government providing more, not less, services, on the desirability of the government taking care of those who can't care for themselves, on providing a path to citizenship for undocumented immigrants, on a government guarantee of health care for every American, on not cutting but increasing taxes on the wealthy, on raising the minimum wage, on the moral imperative of paying a living wage, on trust for improving the education system and civil liberties, even on moral values issues overall, in all these areas. I repeat, all these areas, America is not a conservative nation. America is a progressive nation. Maybe not as progressive as you would like, not as progressive as I would like, yet. But it's getting there. The trend is in our favor, an increasingly progressive direction. I know, I know, as far as this being reflected in elections, in consistent progressive electoral victories, we still have some hurdles to overcome. For example, rigged voting machines, hopefully increasingly less successful efforts of Republican scaremongering over terror, and still too wimpy Democratic candidates. But at least on virtually all the issues, the public is on our side. To close, I want to show you in how truly low esteem the public holds Republicans and how amazingly deluded right-wingers are about how the public perceives them. Zogby recently asked a very interesting question, quote, Which political party do you think most Americans believe is most responsible for the following? Close quote. And then the question listed six ills. Crime, corruption, Prejudice, poverty, global warming, and war. On crime, respondents did feel the public blamed Democrats more often. But on the other issues, the Republicans took the real shellacking. Americans believe that the public holds Republicans responsible for corruption, prejudice, poverty, global warming, and war. So Americans not only support progressive policies as I showed earlier, but they blame Republicans for the ills so many of the progressive policies are designed to cure. It makes me laugh. Bearing the blame for corruption, prejudice, poverty, global warming, and war. The real way Americans think of Republicans think of right-wingers. Some conservative nation. Let me now tell you how self-deluded right-wingers truly are about how the public views them. Zogby found that hardcore right-wingers are so out of touch with the flesh-and-blood world that they believe Americans blame Democrats for precisely those ills that Americans overwhelmingly blame Republicans for. The group Zogby calls very conservatives is the only subgroup to say that Americans hold Democrats most responsible for prejudice, poverty, and war, when it's the exact opposite. Let me draw a parallel. Just like the right wing is delusional in thinking the American public supports their solutions to the nation's problems, when in reality the public supports progressive solutions, 
The right wing is also delusional in thinking that the American public blames Democrats for the existence of these problems, when in reality, the public blames Republicans for them. Many of these right-wingers apparently really do believe the nonsense they're spouting about America being a conservative nation, about Americans supporting their right-wing policies, about Americans holding Democrats responsible for the nation's ills. So I guess we progressives will just have to clear up the right-wingers confusion, bring them ever so kindly and gently back to reality, get their feet back firmly on the ground and let them know that America is a progressive nation and becoming more so every year, that Americans support progressive policies nearly all down the line, and that it's right-wingers whom Americans blame for most of the nation's ills. A hard pill for the right to swallow, no doubt, but the truth often is to evildoers. Stay tuned for an upcoming podcast with part two of my America as Progressive Nation report, including clips from my interview with a citizen candidate for president who bills himself as making Rush Limbaugh look liberal, but who in the interview realized that he's a lot more in line on many issues with us progressives, such inaccurate self-labeling by Americans, and the youth impact on the future of the progressive conservative conflict will be the topics of part two. Well, that'll about wrap it up for today. If you like what you heard, please tell a friend, tell ten friends about Blast the Right, and vote for Blast the Right on PodcastAlley.com. And of course, also, if you subscribe through iTunes, give Blast the Right a five-star review there. Counter all those sabotage one-star reviews from right-wingers. A special shout-out to all you live 365 listeners. Great to have you on board. Please consider coming over to the podcast homepage, subscribing, and you can download and listen to any episode of the podcast anytime you want. Programming note, I think Blast the Right will remain on an every other week basis for the near future. I asked in my last email to the mailing list, by the way, if you want to be on the mailing list, just drop me a line, it's twice a month comes out. I asked if it would be a good idea for me to put the Blast the Right live call-in show on the alternate weeks, so everyone listening can weigh in on that also. One option is to put the whole hour show, another option is to edit it down, although that might take time and I might not be able to do that. Let me know. Thanks to Scott from YourAverageIdiot.com for help with the podcast, and to Tom Harmon for the Rush Limbaugh audio clip. And now a word from the Progressive Podcast Network. The Progressive Podcast Network. Now we are the media. Listen to your media. Take your country back. ProgressivePodcastNetwork.org Music credits. The break music was L.A. Nightmare by 22 Caliber and Not the One Blues by Bernsheet Thornside. We'll close with a little bit of Too Much Bush by Wang Dang Doodle. Links to all the music I play on Blast the Right can be found on my music resources page. Links to all the statistics and quotations I use can be found on the data resources page. Both of those pages are linked to off the main podcast homepage. Keep all that great email coming in. My address is rational at roadrunner.com. You can also call in and leave a comment for me to play on Blast the Right. Dial 310-933-5891 and leave your message. 
You can also leave a message for me to play on the podcast by using Skype. My Skype name is Jack from Blast the Right. So, until next time, I'll sign off and say I love you all, including all you right-wing misguided souls. Too much bullshit for far too long, it's time for rain!